Support for this episode comes from label.co.uk. Label.co.uk is the UK's online B2B label printing company. An expert team of more than 70 dedicated and competent label experts printing more than a million self-adhesive labels on rolls each day, delivering across the UK and Europe. A leading label manufacturer who can make your beer labels stand out from the crowd as we use the latest industry-leading HP Indigo digital presses. Offering protective finishes, hot foil stamping and embossing all using our classic or special papers. Our instant online calculator tool provides the up-to-date quote for the different papers, finishing options and delivery speeds. Label.co.uk understands that in the B2B label printing world, producing printed labels on a roll is key as it means that faster and cleaner application can be achieved. As we all know, the time is money. That's why label.co.uk has become an expert in labels production to offer the perfect solution for any brand, product and application. Label.co.uk works with breweries, spirit manufacturers and anyone who is passionate about their product and looking for high quality, professionally printed labels. To find out more about label.co.uk, visit our website and learn more about our materials, foils and embellishments. Or dive deeper into the world of labels and directly calculate your individual price or order our sample book today. Pubs and bars are pillars of our communities. Now, more than ever, we know how integral they are in the fabric of people's lives and livelihoods. They're environments for people to eat and drink in, but also so much more. They're places to meet friends, both old and new. And for today's guest, working and running pubs would not only introduce him to a new world of beer, it would be the catalyst for him starting his own business too. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. And I'm Vela Mitrovic. Some breweries go on to open their own pubs and bars, while some pubs and bars end up opening their own brewery. For Cameron McQueen, his job running a pub would end up with him being introduced to his future business partner. And in meeting Aaron McMahon, the duo would go on to start Turning Point Brewco in 2017. Based in Knaresborough, North Yorkshire, the brewery has gone from strength to strength in the four years since. So the brewery started in 2017. So I started working in a, in a bar while I was at university. Well, it's a pub, isn't it? It's not a bar. Because, you know, I needed to pay for all the tasty beer that I was drinking. And that pub was called The Maltins in York. And to this day, it's probably my favourite pub ever. And there I really, really got into beer. And like, it's the fir- my first real exposure to craft beer or real ale or any of that sort of stuff or like proper cask beer and from there when I graduated I ended up running my own pub in New York called the Falcon Tap and I did that for about two years I really enjoyed it because it was like one of those things where you know it's free house um, you know <laughs> the world's the world's beer to choose from so pretty much I was playing the game of make every day a beer festival for myself which was really really fun and uh, <laughs> it got me further and further involved with the industry and that's how I met my business partner, Aaron, who worked for Brass Castle Brewery at the time in Moulton. He was selling me beer weekly. We'd obviously see each other when he dropped the beer off. And when he mentioned to me that he was leaving, he told me that he was planning to do something else 
on his own in the in the industry. And I sort of jokingly said to him, maybe maybe we could do a brewery together. We're sort of we became fast friends and all that stuff. So I was like, maybe we could run a business and uh, make beer and live the dream. And he sort of uh, <laughs> he laughed laughed me off a little bit. And then uh, two weeks later, he gave me a call and said. Are you, were you serious when you said about starting a brewery? And I said, yes, yes, of course I am, Aaron. Um, but I wasn't. Um, <laughs> so, but eventually, yes, of course I was, uh, because that's, it was what I really wanted to do. I just didn't think it was possible or attainable, really. But hey-ho, these things happen. And then about two weeks later, we'd uh, we'd found a kit secondhand. We'd found a premises that had been a brewery before, um, and that fell just about over Christmas. And then we came back from Christmas break and pretty much got down to it. Both left our jobs. My Aaron had already left his and I left mine in sort of uh, January, February time. And we brewed in March and we started selling beer in April. That's pretty much like the origin story, I guess, of how we got started. And then here we are four and a half years later. We've It's no longer just me and Aaron. We've got a growing team, currently um, nine, nine staff and, and counting. And we've got a our second brewery site, uh, which is where Roosters Brewery used to be in Nairsborough. And yeah, we, abs- we absolutely love it. We just we just wanted to make beer that makes us happy and makes other people happy and makes us have a lifestyle that's exactly what we want. And it's, uh, it's a whole lot of fun. Running the Falcon Tap gave Cameron an appetite for supporting local independent businesses. But his passion for beer didn't stop there, especially when it came to sampling venerable European breweries like Browery de Molen and Browery Case. At the Falcon Tap, a lot of the beer that I was getting in was local. I was really, really interested in meeting the local brewers. I, there's something about the person who makes the beer, delivers the beer, really, really excited me and was not something I'd experienced before in any in any industry, really, where, where, where you're meeting the people behind it. And that enthusiasm that those people give off is pretty infectious. And I think is, is a big part of why microbreweries are popping up left, right and centre because everyone wants a little bit of that. People are clearly busy and <laughs> working all sorts of hours but absolutely love what they do. So I was really, really keen to support local breweries as much as possible. But I really, really got into uh, sort of like sort of European beers as well. So I, uh, on a bit of a beer pilgrimage in London, I went to this bar called Mother Kelly's in Bethnal Green, which is absolutely wonderful. I try and go there every time I can. And there I found uh, De Molen Brewery, and some of their stouts are just absolutely out of this world. And I emailed them while I was in this pub, and <laughs> said, uh, how how do I get your beer? And they gave me the contact for one of their importers. In fact, I think at the time, their only importer. And then I just started ordering every single De Molen beer. So it was like, at one point, pretty much just a constant two or three lines of De Molen, which I don't think many places were doing at the time and it was it was pretty it was pretty interesting mix of sort of local local craft beer local cask everything that we could find really and then also sort of like you know uh, case de molen um het Oucher, a lot of these sort of dutch breweries that were that were coming in at the time and yeah just absolutely loved it working and living in yorkshire gave turning point Bruco a solid platform to build on from an early stage but they knew also the hard work that was required to get their beers out there and that approach is one that has paid off in years since. So when we started out, it was um, it was me and me and Aaron started the business, and then we had some help brewing to get us off the ground because both Aaron and I had never had commercial brewing experience. We we're both uh, keen home brewers for a, for a decent long time, but we we had Marco, who's now at Bow Machine, 
he he helped us for about six months. He really got us uh, gave us a good head start. He's a you know excellent brewer, really knows his stuff, and helped us just point ourselves in the direction we wanted to go in. In terms of in terms of growth, I guess our our initial strategy was uh, was to start locally, like sort of York, sort of uh, the east coast up this way, Harrogate, and a bit of Newcastle and Nottingham for good measure. We you know we had some. We had a good good connection to the local beer scene in York. So even though our first brewery site was in Kirby Moorside, which is a fairly rural town in North Yorkshire, our customer base and our, our home, which is where we lived ourselves, was in York. So we got a, a really good, strong local connection there because York, if, if you've been to it, is a very, very small, healing city. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't take that much of a footprint, really, to put a, put a splash in the you know in, in the sort of beer scene and, and within you know within a few months we found ourselves with a couple of permanent lines and um regular sort of events in york and that sort of thing and we, yeah we had really really felt like that was that was our place and still it still in many ways is but in terms of in terms of growth from there our brewery was pretty much a shoestring budget kind of a thing we bought all second-hand equipment we were, you know, mainly, mainly self-employed, uh, apart from Marco, obviously. So, you know, we were able to keep our costs relatively low and save up enough to move again within two years. So, we we did a what we call the hermit crab brewery move, which is what we've done twice now, which is we find someone else's brewery who's moving and we uh, insert ourselves into it just to keep our costs low because, you know, we we we've self-financed to this point. Um, we're really proud of that because we've you know we've been able to grow to a decent size pretty quickly. So our kit here is like 40 to 50 hectolitres, uh, which is over two times what we were doing before. And we've got you know, like four or five times the fermentation capacity and all that sort of thing. But it's, it's very, very strange in that sense. It still feels like we're just getting started because um, when we moved to Nairsborough, to the old Roosters site, it was September 2019. So it took us the rest of the year really to get, um, get settled and start brewing. And then we only really had January, February of last year that were that were anything close to normal. So we've not really had a normal. I, I dare even say we've not had a normal month here yet because you know we're half. I know we're halfway into 2021, but it's uh, it's still a strange old world. <laughs> While the last year or so has been anything but normal, it hasn't distracted the team from concentrating on the beers they release. And after releasing a wealth of well-received hop-forward pales and IPAs. They're complementing their family of beers with a number of other styles too. So when when we're trying to come up with beers, we usually start at the point of what would we like to drink in the pub in about four weeks' time. <laughs> that's literally that's what we do. But when we started out with our initial offering, it was more of a case of how do we tick a box in each style. So when when we started, we we lo- actually launched the brewery uh, our opening weekend at the Falcon Taps little function room which was a lot of fun and obviously easy to organize because I was still kind of working there while we were planning it. <laughs> so I didn't have to juggle things about. But the beer styles that we went with, I think, um, of, of the six beers that we started with, we're still brewing, regularly brewing one of them, semi-regularly brewing a couple, and then annually brewing one other. So we started with a New England IPA, which we were really, really proud of. For our first attempt at that sort of thing, it was it was a pretty menacing beer. We brewed Disco King, which is to this day is our our sort of core beer, our our classic, if you will. And we brewed a couple of other sort of cask pails, a red ale, and our cookies and cream stout, which is technically a permanent beer, but with um, with pubs sort of 
been fairly infrequent over the last 18 months. We haven't made many full batches of cask, so <laughs> just juggling that as it stands. But in terms of our beers and what we want to do with them, we, we really do just want to sort of make ourselves happy and bring other people along for the ride. Like at the minute this year, sort of stylistically, we've taken a bit of a turn. We've sort of felt last year might have been a little bit too IPA heavy. We were really into it because it was one of the first times we had a really good selection of different hops. Uh, it was the first time we'd been able to use like Australian hops, New Zealand hops, so we really got stuck into that. Whereas this year, we're more about trying to tick some of the boxes of styles that we've wanted to do since the start, but haven't really had the time or haven't had, you know, like sort of the confidence that they'd sell. So like some of the more recent beers we've done, our first barley wine, our first bitter, we've, we've brewed our lager several times this year. Today we're brewing a Wee Heavy, next week we're brewing a Dunkelweiss. It's like sort of changed a little bit from earlier in the year, which was like lactose milkshake IPA. Um, we did a strawberries and cream pale ale. Uh, we did a raspberry custard beer, a chocolate custard beer. It, it sort of comes in waves. It's like, it really is, it's quite reactionary. And it's as we do try and keep it so it's sensibly seasonal. So it, we're not releasing too many stouts in the summer. But when, uh, when you know, when the, when the mood takes us, we do brew what we want to brew, which is is really refreshing for us because it keeps it keeps it interesting and keeps us keeps us engaged and doing what we want, which is exactly what we want to do. And one beer of particular importance has been milk foley. The beer is a 6.3% ABV strawberry and cream pill made with lactose, strawberries, vanilla, and a strawberry and cream tea. It's one that secured a listing at Sainsbury's too. So brewing milk foley for Sainsbury's came about uh, around about the end of last year. Uh, that, that beer actually started as a, a collaboration with Brew York, who have been really, really good friends of ours. Um, and great neighbours as well, even though we've always been at least 20 miles apart. <laughs> really, really close friends in the industry. And it was sort of born out of, the, I think I think the name came first, another good example of that, sort of uh, trying to put our silliness in the beer. It was, the name came from, from Lee from Brew York, and we, we ran with it and made a strawberries and cream pale. We've, we've dabbled with that sort of thing before, where we've done sort of like raspberry or, or strawberry or peach or that sort of thing. It's always it's always been really fun, and people people always respond really well to it. That came at a good time for us. We were still sort of in between lockdowns. We had a little bit of extra capacity, so that was that was nice to get the call from from Sainsbury's about that. And that was our first supermarket listing, and currently our last supermarket listing. And it was it was uh, really nice to get our beer to a wider audience and see that sort of that boost in our web shop as well from from reaching new people for the first time. And it's a really a really fun beer. It's like it's very very sweet, obviously. But it's still recognisably beer. It's got it's got some bitterness to it. It's not all milkshake and clouds. It's uh, yeah, we still try, try and balance these things to taste as much like beer as they can. Support for this episode comes from Brew. Brew is a cloud-based brewery management platform, allowing you to run your brewery from your computer, tablet, or phone. Brew understands the complexity of running a modern brewery managing production, stock, distribution, and selling via a range of sales channels. Brew streamlines every step of your brewery into a single platform and integrates with sales platforms like Shopify, WooCommerce, Square, and Zettle. 
and accounting software like Xero and QuickBooks, so you'll never need to enter the same information twice. It will even automatically calculate your UK beer duty. Brew has helped small startups get off the ground, and bigger breweries save time and reduce costs. To find out more and get a 30-day trial, visit brew.com. That's B-R-E-W-W dot com. While Milk Foley introduced Turning Point to a new audience, another side of the brewery's output that Cameron is particularly enthused by is their burgeoning array of barrel-aged beers. So it's our, our first uh, barrel-aged beer in Nairsborough, but we had done two previously in, in Kirby Moorside. So barrel-aging has been a thing that we've wanted to do pretty consistently, but it's been very difficult because we've always been moving or knowing that we've, <laughs> we're going to be moving soon. So we had just about a perfect year window in Kirby Moorside to get two, two beers out. And we've, we've got a few here now, now that we've been brewing for over a year. Our first release, which is um, The Ecstasy of Gold, is yeah really proud of that because we we brewed it we didn't want to water it down in any way we didn't want to use too much sugar or anything like that to chase the ABV so we tried our damnedest to do an, an all malt imperial stout and obviously if you leave that in in barrels for the best part of a year it's going to be it's going to be great so yeah it's a, a nice blend of of um, first use and second use bourbon barrels and it's yeah really 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 nice to drink um, it was. There's a nice celebration beer when England won in the, the semi-finals, but not so much in the final. <laughs> For Cameron, these early beers are just the start of bigger things ahead. So our our barrel-aged, I guess you can call it a program. We've got we've got, I think we've got four different beers in barrels at the minute, including the barley wine that's currently available. So yeah, we're we're really excited and, and uh, just just trying to find find the space here already like I say we've been here under two years and we're still already at that point where we're sort of where we're going to put all these barrels <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's one of the parts of the job that we absolutely adore it's um it's, it you probably spend two or three times the amount of time catering for those beers and, and nursing them through through their progress of becoming a finished product while those barrel aged beers continue to mature and develop Cameron reflects on the ways the pandemic has impacted how the brewery packages and sells its beers. Our packaging has, has shifted quite a lot since we started. In the first couple of months, we were pretty much exclusively cask. Once we, we needed another couple of FEs to start being able to do keg. Once we got those, it was mainly a 80-20 split in favour of cask. And then it wasn't until maybe, eight, I think it might have been a year down the line before we started doing cans because we just wanted to be absolutely certain not that our stuff that we were selling to pubs was was short of the mark by any by any stretch, but we just wanted to be cautious before we st- started sending our cans out all over the world. That we were had a stable products, you know, obviously with cask and keg, selling them into a city on permanent lines and that sort of thing. You're getting the beer in and out of the bars pretty quickly, but when you start putting cans around for however many months it takes for for bottle shop in in Sweden to sell them, I don't know. <laughs> so it's a different sort of game. But yeah, pre pre pandemic, we sort of found ourselves, I would say, on draft. I'd say probably leaning more keg than cask. Uh, we we've always tried to to make sure we have a good level of cask output because that's one of the things that we're most passionate about is good cask beer, and also putting weird and wonderful beers into cask and sort of changing people's perceptions of what the price point, what the ABV, what the flavour expectations of cask should be. Not just as a one off beer, but as as standard, why can't you have crazy cask lines in a pub? 
um, one that's always an imperial stout. That's what I always like to try and do <laughs> when I was running the bar. But in terms of cans, obviously over the last 12 months, that's been a huge, huge part of it. Um, we did a lot of mini keg as well. We didn't do any sort of draft takeout over lockdown or anything like that because we 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 thought that mini kegs was a much more stable way of doing it. Uh, we were filling those fresh and delivering them sort of same and next day and that sort of thing to keep keep people's uh, beer nice and fresh. But yeah, cans was pretty much went from being maybe five percent to being ninety five percent in about two weeks, which is pretty pretty scary. However. The increased focus on canned output is something the brewery continues to leverage, especially for its Disco Royalty subscription service. When it gives its followers access to all of its new beers and much more. So yeah, our Disco Royalty box is uh, is our subscriber service, I guess. And that came sort of out of lockdown. We were just trying to think, what what is the, what is the problem that most of our followers have? Is that I always hear my friends say it, and uh, this is kind of where, where we got the idea from. Like my friends would say, oh, how many new beers are you bringing out? I can't keep up. And they always sort of like say, well, I don't want to order every time you bring out a new one. So I was like, why, why don't we remove that problem from uh, from people's concerns and make sure that they never miss another beer again? Which is kind of like, I'm, I'm glad so many breweries have started doing that because uh, um, <laughs> it ticks that box for me as well for some other breweries. But yeah, it's, it's a really it's a really good good fun little thing that we've set up. We've got plenty of people subscribed, and they'll always be guaranteed to get every new beer that we do, no matter what it is. So, for example, in this next month, you'll get a can of the ten percent barrel aged stout. Even though the box is like twenty quid for six beers, it's like, well, if we're making that sort of beer, that's our fault. That's our problem. So you, you'll always get the good stuff, not just like the, the the session pails and all the rest of it, no matter what. And yeah, we're really, really proud of it. We're just trying to add as much as much value to the experience of drinking our beers as we can. So we'll do like fairly, fairly regular like online meetups over lockdown. We were doing like a bit of a Zoom tasting slash brewery tour thing. You get a bit of a bit of an extra something, some some merch that's just for the club. And then this next weekend coming, we've got our first uh, brewery open day or just for uh, Disco Royalty members, which includes like a bit of a private tasting, a proper brewery tour, um, trying a few sort of weird and wonderful beers, a couple of beers from the tank, that sort of thing. It's just a really nice way to like bring our our followers and, and drinkers into like a, a space where we can easily give them what they want without them having to search too heavily for it. So it works works both ways. It's great for us and it's great great for those guys. While a changing landscape has seen an increasing number of drinkers turn to subscription services, the team at Turning Point are also navigating an ever-changing trading environment. So we're just just at a point at the minute, I guess, where we're we're trying to find what our our normal is here. Because, as I mentioned earlier, we've we've only really had <laughs> I would say February of 2020 might be the most normal month we've ever had. Um, if we could just get to a point where we get a few of those under our belt, I think we'll have a better idea of of what it is that we're we're doing here. I mean, at our peak this year, we've we've been sort of bemoaning the fact that we need more tanks and we need more space. Um, and our quietest were like, look at our tanks and think they take quite a lot of filling. <laughs> so it's the inconsistency of like sort of the, the the market out there at the minute is is quite quite difficult to manage. So I'd say that the only thing we can really hope for from a from a business point of view at the minute is to is to just find some sort of reality of what is <laughs> what is normal at turning point. If, if ever such a thing might materialise. 
But going forward, Cameron and Turning Point Bruco aren't resting on their laurels. And that means expanding the team to improve every aspect of the brewery. We've made a few few hires recently. We've just taken on a tap room manager because last year we were doing all of that ourselves. We did have a bit more time for it because we weren't as busy during the week. But our tap room, we, we really want that to thrive. It's a lovely space. It's right in, in the brewery, so it means we can't open midweek because we're brewing. <laughs> so it's, it's, it is one or the other. But we, we really enjoy like spending time here ourselves. Uh, but now we've got a a whole person just to manage that which is excellent and you know means that they can give it their full attention and we started planning like live music events and getting street food vendors and all that good stuff and we've just hired oh we're just about to hire another another brewer as well which takes takes the pressure off a few of the guys here and just means that we can invest more time in the quality and consistency of the beer which is always number one so yeah we're lots to be excited about at the minute Brewers Journal podcast is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. And me, Velo Mitrovich. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson. Series supervision by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And special thanks to Cameron McQueen at Turning Point Brewcoat.